I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Andrew Hill from the Financial Times. We're here in the Hofburg Imperial Palace at the Global Peter Drucker Forum. I'm here with uh, Isabel Cochere and Herman Arnold, and we're going to talk about uh, work and careers. So, Isabel, perhaps you could first say who you are and what you do. I'm uh, Isabel Cochere. I am uh, the CEO of uh, Engie, which is a worldwide energy company. And I'm also, and maybe more importantly, the pride mother of uh, five children. Herman? I'm Herman Arnold. I'm the co-founder chairman and encourager with Hoflumentis. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I'm a strong believer in democracy, in the corporate environment as well as in society. So Isabel, a question I've been asking people is what you were thinking about your career in the early stages of your development. You came through various big French companies. How did you see your career developing? Was it something that you had predicted or planned? Well, I am an engineer, a physicist. I specialized in uh, neural uh, networks. And then I spent my career in a the, in the big company, a big group, uh, NG. But I had the chance to multiply the experiences on different métiers, different geographies, being also the CFO of the company. So being on a regular basis uh, stretched out of my comfort zone. And I believe that it, is, uh, it probably developed in, in, in me an, ab- an ability to adapt myself uh, to very new, each time, very new challenges. It's probably one of the main characteristics of my career. Herman, how did your career evolve? And did you at any point consider following a corporate career path, perhaps a bit more like Isabel's? Well, when I was 16, I was dreaming of becoming a, a troubleshooter, um, turning around big companies, because that was the time of Lee Iococco, and I was really not knowing too much what he did. I was amazed about someone who could turn a huge company. But then it happened that I started several businesses already during studies. One was training kids with computers at the time when computers were not very well established in education and um, also bringing entrepreneurship at universities. And then we started a company bringing together people in the area of entrepreneurship, nowadays called business angels and co-founders and first employees. And out of that a company started that is more or less the main company I'm still working on Sofumantis and now I'm also investor in several startups and I really enjoy it and I think I have really great respect for, for leaders that lead such huge organizations because I see by myself even small entities doing something totally new is, is really difficult and then doing that on a large scale is probably a totally different game. There's not so much difference in age between you but obviously you take different, took different paths and I'm wondering Herman whether you feel like your career is evolving in a sort of portfolio direction, plural, many things that you're doing, as opposed perhaps to the more 
single track of a chief executive who has got to concentrate on their one company? Well, I had, I had phases when I was also concentrating quite on one company, but then I have phases when I'm doing a lot of things, and I'm also late to the party of kids. I have two small daughters, one year and two years, and I totally enjoy it. And obviously, that changes also the perspective a little bit. But yes, I think what I can do best in pioneering things is a, is a competence that is not that distributed, and therefore I think that is my, my vocation to help people to go from zero to one and to try out new things that are not well thought through and where you almost can expect that you will fail. And that takes a lot of courage. And Isabel, now you look at new people coming into your company, do you find that they have different aspirations and ambitions and perhaps expectations than you had at the same age? The new generation is uh, extremely demanding regarding sense and purpose. And it is probably even more true for a company specialized in the energy field because, uh, by definition, the energy sector is uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, CO2 uh, producer. And then effectively, uh, the, the people, they, they absolutely want to be sure that uh, the, the company they join is really pushing for a better world. And uh, as far as we are concerned, we have decided to really shift our uh, group uh, to sp- specialize in the energy transition. Uh, so uh, a big transformation with a strong conviction uh, which is that it's, it, you know, it's not a choice between uh, social responsibility and performance. It's no longer possible, in my view, to be performant, to be a company that is preferred by talents, by clients, etc. If you are not uh, effectively, uh, concretely showing, it's not a question of greenwashing, and it's concrete action to effectively move the things in the, in the right direction. So the bet was uh, to effectively accept to focus the company only on businesses that could be part of the zero carbon world we need to build. That is to say, accepting to stop uh, some activities, 20% roughly, and then to get money, add resources, to redeploy more rapidly and to um, increase the competitive advantage vis-à-vis others. So at the, mo- at the moment you decide that, by definition you shrink the company, which is counterintuitive for a listed right. company as we are. But is, it a, is it an attraction to individual employees? The younger generation, you say, is thinking about this. When, when you were coming through big companies, and when you, indeed when you joined NG and its predecessors, was it something that you were thinking about? Because this idea of purpose at work has come through quite strongly in recent years as something the young generation is pressing yeah. for. But it's beyond the young generation. Uh, the society is changing extremely fast. And you know, the, uh, the society is also within the company. So in the company, we have... Uh, uh, people who, are, who have convictions, not only the young ones. Herman, how important do you find in your role now, but also that in the aspirations of people who are your age and younger, is this need to feel that you're doing something world-changing, that you're doing mm-hmm. something that is good for the world? Is it a vital part of careers now, do you feel? Well, I, I think it's quite dangerous, our talk about the young generation and that they are purpose-driven and so on and have different values, because first of all, I also think, like you, Isabel, that is about society that's changing and also all the generations, 
if they would have had the choice between a boring job at a nonsenseful company or an enjoyable job at a company with purpose, they also would have chosen the company with the purpose. Yeah. And a lot of them did. That means it's not that people changed. And the dangerous part of our discussion, I think, is that we let grow a generation of people that think the world is centered around them and they say they have the values of sustainability. But the only thing, they are asking others to be sustainable. They themselves do the long haul trips for holidays with a carbon footprint that is beyond imaginable. And they, they don't have these values because if they would have values, it would be worth for them to reduce something and they don't. That means it's really, I think it's a dangerous path we are in because what we have also seen in our company we are having very high expectations and we say we are a democratic company. People think it's a paradise in our company and it isn't. Yeah? And happiness is always reality minus expectations. And if I have very, very high expectations and the reality is just not as good, but still very good, I'm disappointed. Yeah. And that's a generation that we build up. They see it on Facebook, they see it everywhere, everything perfect. And then they see their own, their own problems. I'm not sure if we're going in the right direction with that. But I'm totally agreeing that we all, as humans, want to have purpose and purpose that, that drives us. But we should defocus the young generation. We should see all the people, they want to have purpose and they want to contribute to a good, good thing. What do you think, uh, Isabel, leaders need to do differently in the coming years? If we were looking ahead to leadership in the next 10 or 20 years, is there something that needs to be done differently? Probably yes. I believe that leaders are very different from the managers we probably used to be in the in the past. Well, a manager is somebody who says what has to be done and control that it is effectively done. A leader is, uh, to, to rebound on what you said, uh, if we share, is more to manage that a vision emerges in the system and to create the condition for that. And then to, after this process, to set a clear direction and to explain the purpose of the company. And this purpose has to be both inspiring and realistic uh, and to reconcile these two elements. And then to give the resources to the, the people in the company to make that they are effectively able to define the best way to implement it locally. Because, of course, the, the, the situations are very different regarding the countries, uh, regarding the clients. So the, the, this is, uh, of course, there is here something which is, which is very important, is to define very locally, in a very client-centric approach, what is the best way to implement the purpose. And that cannot be done centrally. Right. So we are going to something which is much more distributed. And Herman, does that sound like your vision of leadership in the coming years as well? Yeah, I totally agree that we will have shared leadership. That means everyone has to be a leader, at least for him or herself, for certain topics, and also sometimes for others. I'm a little bit different view on what the top of a company should do, because when we're talking about vision and strategy, what I have realized is that often, not always, but often it also evolves from bottom up. Strategic decisions that are far advanced of what you can do in a central way. I'm, we are thinking of that you have to build an operating system, we call it, yeah, that people can be entrepreneurs, can take risks, get somehow funding, but they can jointly define 
the strategy. That doesn't mean that as a leader you, you don't have to lead and you don't have to take the helm. But also there to say even strategizing mission, vision is something that has to be shared and also to accept that sometimes there are some outliers that seem to be out of what you have defined as a vision, but probably they're doing the next big thing. Yeah, you don't know that. And that's something to develop this operating system is something that we think top leadership has to do. Let me ask you finally one piece of advice that you might have Herman for Isabel for her future career. Well, uh, that is beyond my competencies because she's done everything right. Uh, look where she is, look what she's done. Um, I, I cannot do, I, I would have a plea because what I see is that such competent people yeah, like you doing a great job in, in, in enterprises is we also have to engage in our society about the future of democracy because there's a huge danger and you said there's, there's mistrust to establishment in, in the political system and you hope not to get it also in the, in the economic system but in the end we live in a society where we also have to develop democracy the way you have developed Angie and others and we have to join forces we cannot let this to politicians that, that do this thing I, I don't know how we have to do that but I know there is not much time left in this area to change course Isabel do you have some advice for Mm-hmm. Absolutely not, because uh, I'm impressed by what uh, is created, uh, and I've seen the, I mean, the pace of growth. Uh, it is absolutely impressive. And what is probably the most impressive for me is the ability to maintain a culture in a company and a system that is growing so fast to create. Well, then with a lot of people, new people coming Mm. every day. So how to maintain this culture, uh, this uh, feeling of membership, this pride, this is something that is extremely impressive. And it is, I believe, the, the point we have really to pay attention to. Thank you both very much. Thank you very much. Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.